Hello, and welcome to the 32nd episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackman, and I am one of your co-hosts. I'm an associate professor here at Purdue University in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana, where I study rhetoric, composition, digital humanities, new media studies, and in particular, game theory. Um, And I am joined this evening, as in every podcast, evening by my two co-hosts Alex Lane and Nicole Marie. Ladies. Yellow. Oh no, I unplugged my computer. Oh no. It's okay. <laughs> That's um, a good introduction to yourself. I know. Oh panic. <laughs> Everyone panic. Um I am Alex Lane. Um the psychotic Alex Lane, uh, known by some, known widely. Uh I am a PhD student studying games and game theory and newly the new thing i added to my repertoire was studying ethics of video game research so suck it uh also <laughs> i do some uh gender studies and professional writing stuff and i am as of today a newly hired technical writer for really super secret classified things so super secret classified things. i know i'm really excited i had to go to this training called itar today and it was um Oh, dang it. I can't believe I forgot. I was so ready to brag about this. Um, Here we go. It was the International Traffics in Arms Regulations training. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. Can't, I can't hang out with you no more. I, well, not if you don't want to get put on a watch list, man. <laughs> it was so badass. And the, uh, I cannot hang out with you anymore. <laughs> the department I'm working for is the Aeronautics Engineering Department, and I got to put that on a forum today. And I wanted to put aeronautics slash engineering slash English, but I didn't oh, do it. Stick it to I, me, man. You know, I already had that period where Homeland, when I was getting hits from Homeland Security on my website every day. Now I knew I can't, can't fuck with you no more. You really were? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I was because I was watching my traffic and I and it actually would pop up. And then I posted on my blog. I was like, and whoever is, you know, hitting me every day from Homeland Security, I'm happy to have you here. I hope you're not watching me. And then it stopped. Oh, oh my gosh. That's super oh. creepy. That's really creepy. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't be friends with you if I want to keep this job. Dude, I mean, look, you're the one that's like signing up with these motherfuckers. So, hey. <laughs> Hey, hey, they're paying me real money, unlike the English department, which caps at $3 an hour. I can't help that. I have nothing to do with how much you get paid. I would pay you more. I'd pay you $4. Oh, you're so sweet. (laughs) A dollar raises quite a bit. Hey, that's 33%. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh man, do I still have to introduce I myself? It. Yeah, you do. Yes, Sorry. ma'am. I, <laughs> I nerded up that whole thing. Please do. <laughs> well, then I'm Nicole Marie, and I am not psychotic tonight. I am sick. Great. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm an undergraduate student at Purdue University, finishing up my uh, my what do I call that? My victory lap. Oh yeah, victory lap. <laughs> victory lap, and. Uh, my interests are in not only professional writing, but gaming and more recently researching video games. So, yay! And proud winner of a professional writing award as of today. Yeah, too, right? best research. When, when you notice that we're all short on content for the episode this week, it was because we were all very busy with stuff that happened, particularly today with you guys. Yeah, that showcase. Yeah. Which yeah. I, only, I only signed up for it yesterday, so I guess I can't really say... I was too bogged down with it, but. <laughs> hey, I was trying to help you out, man. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> the life of an undergrad, that's what was bogging me down. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, there it is. All right, ladies. What you playing this week? Mm. Alex? Okay. Uh... I lamed it up with my playings, which I probably will this week and probably next week as well, or the next episode as well, because it's finals. Um, but I did play some stuff. I play, I got three new Sim expansions, um, Sim Adventures, Ambitions, and Late Night. Uh, and so those were pretty fun. I don't know. I I, I guess I'm really lame, because like, my favorite part of playing Sims is like, raising, is like raising to the top of a, of a job level, and then, um, and then, uh, like hoarding money for the next generations. So like I play it like as nerdy as possible, I guess. <laughs> like I don't like building cool things. I don't like buying cool things. I don't like doing cool stuff, I guess. I just want to like hoard my money and pass it on to the next generation. So That's really sad. I know it really is very sad and like get a bunch of skills. So like I read lots of books. Um so Sim Ad- Sim Adventures was not all that cool for me cuz I hate like going to town and stuff cuz I feel like I don't want to, like, be going to town. I want to... <laughs> I forgot that was a euphemism. Uh, I guess I do want to be going to town in a different way. So I don't want to go to Egypt and then, like, go walk around because it's, like, taking me away from my ability to squirrel away money. So um, mm. one thing I do like is that there's basements because I feel um, in these in these uh, expansions there's basements now because that is going to help me, my sim in the post-apocalypse. So that's good. Oh. Right. I forgot you and the apocalypse. That's right. How could you possibly have forgotten that? I don't know. Um, I I played some more Kingdoms of Amalur on the PC. Um, I got uh, some new games from Emily and Adam for my birthday. And one of them was a Civ V expansion, uh, Babylonia. Babylon, I mean. so I got that, and then I got a new game called Lucidity, and but that's my indie game of the week. So I'll talk about that later. So I were think any I of those? That one. Oh, Lucidity. Mm-hmm. Were any of those expansions the Katy Perry one? No, none of them were the Katy Perry expansion. Okay. Sorry. I'm wondering about that. Sorry. Shoot. <laughs> oh. So disappointed. So Nicole, what you been playing? Well, I finally have been getting a chance to jump just wholeheartedly into Kingdoms, Kingdoms of Amalur, and Mm. I'm loving it. Like, I mean, before it was just because I was playing it so sporadically, I couldn't really get into the storyline. Now, though, like, I'm really getting into it, and I'm liking it a lot. I I still don't know if I would, like, say that it's better than Skyrim, but... I definitely still am really, really enjoying it more than I thought I would from my original, I guess, view of it. Yeah, that makes me happy. Well, good. Good. I'm enjoying <laughs> it. So then there was not necessarily new map drop, just new to me because I haven't picked up Call of Duty since Mass Effect came out. But um, <laughs> they have collection one out already, and then I believe there are two more maps that just came out the other day. I haven't gotten a chance to get those yet, but I'm liking them. I mean, I had so many of the maps already just from having my elite um, membership, but the two new ones for multiplayer, I'm liking a lot. Like, there's one with this uh, wrecked airplane next to these two houses, 
And I am definitely kicking some serious butt on that map, so that's nice. And then, of course, I have a second playthrough of Mass Effect 3 because I want to make the right decision on the ending. <laughs> oh, good gravy. <laughs> so that's what I played. See, and I made the right decision the first time because I proved I proved myself. I know. I failed, Shepard. I failed, Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, guess it's my turn. Um, I've been playing Kingdom of Amalar with the uh, Dead Kill DLC coming out. I've been playing through the Dead Kill DLC. Um, I should have finished it by now, but I haven't uh, because things have been like crazy busy. But um, I've been playing through and it's it's pretty interesting. It gives you a new island and there are pirates. It's a lot of fun. Um, um, you know, trying to... Uh, play through so I can tell someone what I think of it. Um, so I'm going to hold that until later too. Um, and I'm also playing, have also been playing Mass Effect 3. Um, I finished it finally. Um, yeah, I see I, I even wrote a post about it. <laughs> all right. Um, and, you know, I'm sorry for all the people who were pissy about the ending. I'm not pissy about the ending. No, I mean, no. I wasn't, you know, it was, you know, a lot of, you know, I'm sorry. I keep saying, you know, don't I? Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so funny. Um, there I were, say that about myself all the time. There was a lot of kind of video footage and less gameplay than I would have liked. But, I mean, to be perfectly honest, uh, much of the game was like that. Um, it, it's a, there's a lot more footage in the game than actual, ga than actual gameplay. Well, not more footage than gameplay, but more than in previous versions of Mass Effect, I think. Um, but, you know, it didn't bother me. Oh, it didn't bother me too terribly overall. It just took me a little bit of getting used to. Um, and I did finish. Um, and I did get the I did get the destruction ending. Um, and I did get the non-indoctrinated ending. Because clearly me playing the ruthless badass was the way to go because <laughs> I was not indoctrinated in the end. <clears throat> if you watch the indoctrination video, you'll you'll know what that means. Yeah. Um so, I'm, I was like, I was actually quite. I was I won't say quite happy with the ending. I mean, I could have probably saved more people in the end if I had gotten my war readiness up higher. But I was tired of waiting, and I wanted to play through. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm tired of this. I probably, uh, you know, it's my, you know, I've played through the first time. I'll go back with the same character. I will not start a new character because there is only one Josefina Shepherd. Um, and she has to be the, and she has to be the shepherd that I play, but I'll probably go back to an earlier save point and do some of the other side missions, um, just because I want to, but I don't think I can ever make a new shepherd. And I can definitely, I have finally come to the conclusion. I said I was going to do it before, but after playing through shepherd, this shepherd, I feel such a connection to her. I will never play a male shepherd. Yeah. It definitely feels totally like. Uh, otherworldly almost like out of body experience or yeah I don't even know it doesn't yeah. feel right definitely not yeah and and I I felt like I said I felt too much of a connection to Josefina um and uh she was she was me and I was her so I cannot I cannot go play bro chef 
I'm sorry. I'm terrible. Now I'm being um I'm being I'm being sexist toward men. No, I'm not. Fuck it. Uh, I was gonna <laughs> say, let's let's calm down there. I'm joking. Um no, I'm I can't. I can't play I can't play bro chef. I'm sorry. Um I just I I can't see me feeling the same connection with him that I feel with her. Um, which is pretty interesting because I don't know that I have ever felt such a connection to a character before. Um, and like I said in the blog post, I think it's because I just straight up played, I played Femme Chef like I would have, like I would have fought. Um, which is pretty interesting because some of the, some of the decisions that got made because there was no choice, um, were not decisions that I necessarily would have made. Um, but I can see how, I can see how that would all play out in the end. It's interesting though. All right. Um, I think that's about all I've been playing console wise. I think, I think, I think I was going to give journey another playthrough. Never got around to that. Um, I played some angry birds in space. Um, and, uh, I started, actually started playing ticket to ride, uh, multiplayer, uh, because Alex Lay still hasn't signed up with I, the game. Center. I, it's not her, with her. I know. I'm sorry. I'll do that tonight. No, you won't. You're a liar. <laughs> You've been saying that for weeks. Um, oh, well, I certainly am not going to now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's all I've been playing. So, ladies, mm-hmm. what you reading? Um, I'm reading a book right now on um, on database design. I'm going to build myself a database. I am very excited. Um, it's called... Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but it's by Jan Harrington. It's something like databases clearly explained or something like that, or relational databases. Um, and uh, so I'm totally loving that. I tried to read some Bogos and I fell asleep three times. Oh, no. And then I read this like super boring book about relational databases and managed to stay awake. So I figured that was a sign that I was done with the theory, at least for the rest of the semester. So, uh that that is what I have been reading, um, and yeah, I'm just I'm just completely digging it. I think it's it's really fun. It's pretty easy to the book that I have is pretty easy to read, and then you're like learning cool stuff. So so that's what uh, that's all I've been reading. So Alex Lane, in a thirty seconds in thirty seconds or less, what the hell does reading databases have to do with video games? Well, what I am doing with my databases is I'm cataloging um, video game credits. So that I can do multiple different types of visualizations of that. So, for example, I could go and see Activision and look at all the games that are in the database, right? And then I'd be able to visualize, okay, how many people that worked on all these Activision games, how many of them are women? Um, How many of them are first-person shooters? How many of them have a design team, blah, 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 blah. So all the different data that I'm putting in about these video games, I'll be able to visualize through the database. Very cool. Yes. Very cool. I agree. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) See? Well, let's see. I guess it's my turn. Unless you want to go next, Nicole Marie. I don't have much to say about reading. (laughs) It's the end of the semester. (laughs) Exactly. I, um, well, I'll go next then. Um, I spent some time trying to decide what I was going to read next. Um, so I went and 
Um, I read like intros and first chapters of a couple of different books before I decided what I was going to read next. Um, good Lord. And I wish I had my candle in front of me and I don't, uh, well, I'll tell you what I, don't you what I on your Mac. Yeah. We'll open it up. Shut up. Um, (laughs) so I, what I did, what I did, uh, read, one of the things that I read, uh, was, um, excuse me, (coughs) I'm sorry, excuse me, Ian Bogos' new book, um, his new triple O book, uh, Alien Phenomenology, yes, (laughs) you threw me off, (laughs) Alien Phenomenology, um, and that's actually the book that I kind of ended up choosing to read next. Um, I also read uh, the intro in the first chapter to um, blah blah blah. The book you were re- you were talking about last week. The book I was talking about last week. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Game work. Yeah, game works. Game works. Um, so I read the intro first chapter of Game Works to see if I wanted to read that next. What did you think? I, I dig it. I dig it, but it wasn't what I chose to read next because, well, one, it's an older book. Yeah, it is. Old. Um, and I, I wanted to, probably wanted to read, in my mind, wanted to read something um, newer first. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then... What else did I read the intro in the first chapter to? Another game book that I can't remember off the top of my head. And I apologize. Clearly that one didn't stick with me as much as the others did. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I went through three and then I ended up choosing Alien Phenomenology. And that's actually what I've been reading. And I'm trying to get read. But like I said, things have been kind of crazy, um, as always. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I haven't been able to read too much. I've read the first couple of chapters, but that's been about it. Um, because between showcase and, you know, folks wanting to do dissertations and such, I've been reading a lot. How dare they? Of other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Those jerks. Oh, well, on, on on you know one hand, uh, the one of the perspective defense that I have to do tomorrow talks about uh, Bogo's persuasive games and uh, procedural rhetoric. So, well, there you go. I guess I, that's related. Tangentially, <laughs> <laughs> complimentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been reading. Awesome. Awesome. I'm still, you know, I feel bad saying this every time, but I'm still sticking with the blogs. I've been doing a lot of research this past couple of weeks on um, uh, who's going to be at C2E2 and then who I want to go see. So Because you're going to C2E2 this weekend. Heck yeah, I am. Yeah. The rest of us are. <laughs> doing <laughs> real things. <laughs> I mean, it's part it's part research too, though, because I definitely want to, especially since they have they have this um, uh, panel that's going to be about um, the Chicago like video game scene, mm-hmm. which is something I'm definitely interested in. So I think I'm going to that panel, and that's on Sunday. 
and then um, um, then I really because they have that Crystal Aura Wilson as an exhibitor and I really want to talk to her mostly just about the fact that she's like not just involved with the industry but she like kind of talks about it from her point of view as a female so I want to make sure I talk to her and get a pretty interesting nice interview with her of some sort so I've been doing some C2E2 research woo doing some C2E2 research I'm gonna come back with good stuff for us yeah exactly mm-hmm. or at least I better be <laughs> you better come back with some good stuff with us, yeah. for us. we're gonna be waiting Exactly. For my exciting trip to Chicago. Very cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So next up, our most fun part of the evening. What you drinking? I don't think it's going to be all that fun tonight. No, it's not going to be fun. Because you guys are losers. <laughs> cough syrup. I'm drinking cough syrup. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> I kind of wish it was true because it would help me feel better right now, but I don't have any. I, fi- <laughs> I finished it last night. Dang it. That sucks. That does suck. It does. <laughs> but in reality, I'm drinking Fuse, the peach mango flavor. Mm. Ooh, yeah. Nice. It is very nice. I love, I love this stupid flavor of Fuse. It's wonderful. Nice. Oh, I know what the other book I started reading was uh, Jan Holmvik's new book, Intervention. Oh, interesting. What's yeah. that about? Games. Oh, thanks. <laughs> that was a sweet description. <laughs> that sounds really good. I want to get it. Short and sweet. <laughs> um, well, you know, Jan Holmvik has always, you know, been interesting to me um, and, and has done lots and lots and lots of good work over the last 20 odd years um, with uh, moves and muds and kind of virtual spaces. But he and I are not uh, in the same place, I feel. Mm-hmm. Because this is an interesting book. They Like they described it as part general computing history, part memoir, uh, part glossary to the work of media theorist Greg Ulmer, right? Because it's about electricity, mm-hmm. uh, part me- manifesto for rigorously electric game studies. But it's not about games. I mean, it is, but it isn't. Yeah. So it's just one of those blah kind of things. I shouldn't say that out loud, but I just did. Um, <laughs> and what's even worse is <laughs> what's even worse is it's the Kindle version of the book is still twenty six dollars and change. Oh, yeah! Wow, yeah. And the regular version of the book is twenty eight dollars. So hey, but you know what? It needs to be a whole lot cheaper than that. Um, but like I said, I read the first, I've read the, the intro in the first chapter. Um, don't know if I'm going to read the whole book. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe something will light a fire under me and I will. Yeah. <laughs> the end of the semester. The end of, well, no, because after the end of the semester, things are really going to get crazy for me. Oh, why is that? 
Com- uh, comic book. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, no. Not so much. <laughs> All right. So, news. All the news that's fit to print. Alex Lane. Yay. Yay. Hold on. <laughs> All right. Oh, I forgot to say what I was drinking. What are you, you drinking? guys are drinking. Well, okay. What's going to make a sneaky sneaky? No lemonade in the house. Oh, right. Right. Then I said, fine, I'll make a whiskey sour. Guess what? Not enough sour mix. So So you're just drinking whiskey? No. I'm not drinking <laughs> whiskey. Then I looked around and I was like, oh, I forgot. I bought all that stuff to make pina colada smoothies. Ooh, oh, yeah. Good call. Good call. That sounds delicious. And I was like, but a pina colada smoothie, that's not good after the day I've had. I'm making a pina colada. And I was like, so I can use this nice 80 proof coconut rum over here. Mm-hmm. Or I can use this Gosling's Black Seal 140 proof rum over here. <laughs> <laughs> Guess which one I chose? You mixed them together. Nope. <laughs> the 140, Shoot. I'm guessing. Uh, the 140. It's nice dark rum with the um, coconut. Um, it's, it's, it's like the, you know, the, like, it's not coconut milk, but it's the thicker stuff that's sweetened. Um, they now put it in a squeeze bottle instead of putting it in those cans. Oh, really? Um, pineapple juice, ice, and then because I like them creamier, um, I add plain yogurt, just to like a tablespoon of plain yogurt to make it creamier and a whole bunch of, uh, 140 proof rum. I like that <laughs> recipe. Mm-hmm. sounds pretty mm-hmm. tasty right now. See, next time, you better be careful. Next time I make a bucket, I might pour a bottle of that in there. <laughs> yeah, because the one thing I needed was more alcohol at my birthday party. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was enough. Definitely not. <laughs> that scotch tasting should have gone longer. Yeah, nobody would have made it home. Y'all all would have been sleeping <laughs> on Patty's floor. Yeah, I barely made it home anyway, but... Um, we, the scotch station could have gone longer, but I wasn't going to share my good scotches with everybody because I'm a jerk. So That's true. Hey, I wouldn't have either. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's use. <laughs> Alex Lane. <laughs> uh, sorry, I got distracted. I got a really cute look from Smalls, and she yawned, and then I yawned. It was adorable. Okay, sorry. Um, news. The uh, head of Good Old Games says that Steam's discounting practices um, hurt gamers and devalue games, um, which I thought was really interesting. And I kind of wanted to know what you guys thought about it. So he's talking about, like, the slashing of games, you know, so, like, 80% off, 70% off, stuff like that. Because he says what happens is that they don't make any money. And because Steam's so huge and they can sell hundreds and thousands of copies, that it's fine for them because they can still make enough profit. But... It hurts the game companies and it hurts gamers because they end up just buying a bunch of shitty games because they're two bucks, you know, Um, so they end up not getting games that they would normally like. So what do you guys think? You know, I've I've thought about that before Uh, and I I can understand the rationale in some way because a lot of times what they're selling at those deep discounted prices are not necessarily shitty games but good games that are old games, too. Well, or not, I, yeah, I don't mean shitty. I just mean, like, games you wouldn't buy. Like, I buy, 
you know, I would buy an action game because it's two bucks, even though I know I don't really like action games, you know? But you might like that one. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, or like I'll, it introduces you to new things. Right. It introduces you to new things. And sometimes it introduces you to to new um, game, to new kind of game IPs, right? Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, if I buy, like, say I never, I had never played the Mass Effect series. If, you know, Steam had Mass Effect, the original, for two bucks, I bought it, I can guarantee you I'd go back and buy two and three. Do you understand what I mean? So, I mean, I can kind of see the method to the madness. And, and I think that in that way, it can help. I, don't, I won't say it does help because I haven't seen the numbers. But it can help developers in that it will kind of get people interested in their, in their, in their kind of the future games in their series or other games that they, other games that they make. I don't know, because I've thought about that before. I was like, yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. crappy that, you know, they're so, because they're kind of like Amazon. Well, we'll sell your book for whatever the hell we want to, and you just have to take whatever you get. Or as P, as P says, you get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. Um, <laughs> so, hello? Yeah, I think I come <laughs> down on that same side that you're talking about right now. Um, <laughs> that, uh the more exposure, the better it is for companies. And and when you don't invest very much into the game, I don't think users are going to get upset that they have all these games that they don't like, you know? They're just going to be exposed to more stuff. So I, I don't think he's necessarily right. Yeah. I don't know that, is that, like, the only problem that he's saying, too? I mean, because he's saying that it, like, devalues your brand or whatever, which I guess mm-hmm. I could see. But at the same time, like, I feel like in general, people are usually more grateful when they get a game for cheaper i don't know if that's like like perfect world scenario i believe in the goodness of people but yeah Yeah. i don't know it's it's an interesting point and i bet you it's something that keeps coming up over and over and over the next uh couple months and so forth Mm -hmm. there'll be some follow-up from that i bet Oh yeah, especially as the summer steam sales gonna you know be coming up real soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, but I know from my perspective, like I don't have very much money to spend on games, so I like when they do the discounts, and it, it I get to buy more games than I would otherwise. And I don't think it, I don't necessarily see it devaluing. Right? Does it make you like feel that you, like you never feel like you regret buying a game that's cheap? If anything, you're just like happy that you got a good game for cheap. Yeah, for sure, exactly. And you're going to look for that brand more, I think, if you really right. like it. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, another news story I had was uh, that I put on here is Capcom is getting crushed on the Better Business Bureau for its shitty DLC practices. So, like, people got really mad. I think it was Tekken when they bought Tek- the new Tekken and, and they found out that they had to pay for this stuff that was on the disc when they bought it. You know, mm-hmm. so like the mm-hmm. DLC stuff was they they already had it, but then they had to pay extra for it. And uh, Capcom is kind of like, oh, yeah, screw you. <laughs> wow. But uh, I'm just uh, I'm wondering. I wanted to throw it out to you guys if you think because there's so much pushback against the DLC stuff right now, if we might be seeing like a new shift in the advocacy of gamer groups and like that making a difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you think we're I, starting to start getting some power to push back against those types of things? I was wondering about this too because of the whole like backlash of Mass Effect and someone made like a huge point that if BioWare bowed down to all the masses and finally like said we'll make a different ending to the game or whatever, is that them like 
relinquishing power to the internet? And is that something that we want to do? Like, I'm like on the fence because I understand like when we want our voice to be heard on something that we're really passionate about. But when it's something like, oh, we just didn't like the ending of Mass Effect, you know, but as far as like the crappy DLC practices, like I would definitely want to see something that would say like, we're fed up with the way that you're treating us. Mm-hmm. So, it's different. I don't know. I, like I said, I'm on, I'm on the fence with it. I guess it just depends on what we're applying it to. I don't know. I mean, uh, see, I, I, I've got, I'm, I'm not playing devil's advocate. I'm just going to say I disagree with you, Alex Lang. <laughs> I, don't I, I didn't say any perspective. I was just saying the article. Okay, I don't give a shit about them about the content being on the on the disc already. Because let me tell you something: when I when I have to spend God knows how long uh, downloading a DLC that I actually want to play, and I'm sitting there going any day now, any day now, and then I fall asleep before I actually get to play it. That ruins it for me. you. I would rather have it already be on a disc and, you know, have to download a 33 megabyte unlock key um, because it was already on the disc. Because you know what? The thing is, it might be on the disc, but if it's not unlocked to me and it's extra content on the disc, I didn't pay for it. I paid for what was unlocked. I didn't yeah. necessarily pay for everything on that disc because nothing says you're going to pay for disc that is completely and totally filled with content and you're going to have access to all that content on that disc. It's going to just says, no, you're paying for access to a game that is released as is. Yeah. And I mean, so that's just crazy to me. People's like, well, it was already on the disc, so I paid for it. No, you didn't. Because that was not a part of the original game. You paid for the original game as the company determined it was the original game. Get the fuck over it. <laughs> well, that's also like with Mass Effect, there was day one DLC. So is that something that should have come on the game already? Like, well, no, because they released it as DLC. So I, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. I think that we've turned into, well, and maybe I don't want to say this, but... <laughs> <laughs> like whiny I mean we whine about everything at this point I don't know I think it's kind of shitty to like buy to, to like parse up a game like I understand buying DLC if it's stuff that they develop like as you go but but you're buying you know like you're buying half a game and then you buy the other half like as you go that just seems I don't know let me ask you a question no please don't if you're gonna have that tone <laughs> <laughs> When you went to the movies and you were watching the first Lord of the Rings, did you go out and try to sue because you didn't get to see the next two? I'm not. I'm not suing anybody over anything. No, 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 no. I'm asking. Do that, you okay? Do you think people would have the right to sue because they didn't get to see the next? That's two? That's not the same thing. And like, yes, Mass it is because the no, other two were made. Mass, there's Mass Effect one, two, and three, right? The other two were already made, though. I mean, and that's just like saying, well, they were already made, and I paid to see them all. But they were three different books. And you think that the DLC is not di is not a different storyline? Well, I guess it depends on the DLC. <laughs> Some of the DLCs are different storylines, but it's not a part of the original. It's not a part of the original game. Otherwise, it wouldn't be DLC because they choose to not make it part of the original game, and they chose not to make the second and third parts of Lord of the Rings a part of the first part. But they're different books. They're three separate entities. 
that were written oh, at different all times. All one story. Right. Correct. Right, but they're written at different times. They weren't all written at the same time. But the films were all filmed at the same time. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think it's the same thing. <laughs> well, we have to agree to disagree, but I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm right. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Nah. Are we going on? Yeah, we'll go on. Because you're wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. This is not mine. Oh, do you want me to talk about this? Yeah. I just found this the other day, and I thought it was interesting that um, the Better Business Bureau, on their blog, had one of their writers actually acknowledge the fact that they believe that Bioware falsely advertised their game because players did not get the ending that was influenced by all the decisions that they made in the previous games. So, basically, the article is, is them acknowledging that they say Bioware could be charged with false advertisement, but they're not taking any action on it at the moment. So I just think it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> I don't think the ending was falsely advertised at all. I mean, well, don't everything... you kind of want people to believe something like to titillate them with what might be, what might not be right. Right. But, yeah. Okay, can I ask a question? I see. Cause I don't get this. How do people think that, the ending of three was not influenced by the decisions that you have made in one and two. Because when you go into three, if you import your character, characters that have died in previous versions are not there. So it automatically influences your gameplay that leads up to the ending. Yep. That's totally my stance on it too. Cause not only that, I mean, there are so many like, and, and that's the thing that makes me so angry is people are angry that there was only subtle differences in the ending. But, like, Sam, your playthrough compared to mine was worlds different. Totally like, and completely different. Totally different ending. Like, you saw things that were totally different than what I did. Yep. And it it was because of the choices that we made in the games. So yeah. I just, I don't see their argument at all. Like, I just don't. I don't know if, apparently we're on the minority on this. because Maybe, they, maybe, so maybe the thing is, is that all the people are complaining are su of such a hive mind that they've all played this damn game the same. <laughs> And so they're all getting the same ending because you and I got totally and completely different endings because, you know, you're too much of a goody two shoes for me. So you play <laughs> goody two shoes going all the way through. Yep. And so you got the, you know, you got the big ethereal ending and I played hard ass and it was just like kaboom at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And that's and that was totally reflective of See, all the choices. That's the that lack made. of spoilers by just doing that really generic yeah. thing and not actually saying what the endings were. Kaboom. <laughs> but it also played to our tastes as well in the yeah. game. I mean, because that's totally the ending I wanted. And that was probably the ending that you totally wanted as well. I mean, it, at least it played to what you expected to get out of the game. Yeah, I mean, because if I had gotten your ending, I would have been pissed. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is this? What yeah. is this? <laughs> yeah, I'd have been pissed if I got your ending. Well, if I maybe. if I played the way that if I had played the way that I played and got your ending, I'd be mad. Because it would make no sense. Right, exactly. And I think that maybe these people are just thinking they played a certain way and they should have a different ending. And in the end, like they didn't make the choices that they thought they'd made. 
Because otherwise, everything is so reflective of the choices you made. At least that's how I felt. I mean, hands down, that's how I felt. So, I don't know. I mean, by the, by the end, for me, I have been so ruthless and badass all the way through. I didn't even get Paragon choices anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I still had some renegade choices, but like... Yeah, no, I didn't... It, uh, about halfway through, my Paragon choices went away. With gone. the... With yeah, with the with Udina and Ashley at the Citadel. Oh, I, I didn't have a Paragon choice. Okay, that's when my Paragon choices stopped. It's just over. It so I mean, and that's the point where like your game totally, I feel like reflects that you made a decision to stay renegade. Mm hmm. Throughout. I don't know. I think, like I said, I think people are getting pretty whiny. Yeah, I think so too. Well, that's that's that news article. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> uh, this one's sort of interesting. The Zynga CEO is being stalked by a former stripper, and the company ha is spending one point one point three something million dollars to protect him. And so this this article, the person who wrote this article that I found was like. That seems like sort of an odd use of a publicly funded company's money. But, hey, what do you do? Well, because that's clearly a personal thing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> now, if he, was being, if he was being stalked by a former designer that worked for them or a former programmer, I could see them saying, oh, that comes with the territory. Absolutely. But, you know, that's a stripper, man. That's right. Yeah, exactly. I want to know how the stripper came to be knowing him. and <laughs> I think everybody in the world wants him. to know that yeah. right now. <laughs> that, that's, not, that's not a business problem right there. <laughs> that's definitely personal. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, and then uh, this one I thought was interesting. Call of Duty is cited as a possible factor in the shooting death of a 10-year-old boy. Um, how many times are we going to hear this? There were uh, three boys sitting around playing Call of Duty. They're all playing it together. One of them gets up, grabs a gun, and shoots him. Well, he pulls the trigger three times. I guess only one bullet came out. But, and then shoots one of the kids they're playing with in the chest. So, and he dies. So now they're saying because of the proximity between playing Call of Duty and the shooting that, game, that people who defend games as not inciting violent behavior are not going to be able to defend themselves because of the proximity of the two incidents. Although this person who wrote this article also was like, what are these kids doing playing a rated M game in the first place? Well, yeah, exactly. exactly. Once again, that goes back to the feral children, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are they, whose mom was like, oh, you have to show your ID to buy this game? I should give this to my 12-year-old. Give it to my, yeah, give it to my 10-year-old, and then let's put a gun within reaching distance. Oh, right. yeah, exactly. There's a number of different things. There's a number of different things, you know, wrong here. You know, one, why, why were these kids playing this game when they are clearly far too young? Right. Two, and I know people, people kill me with my kids mature. They can play this game. They're 12. No, your kid's 12. Your kid's not 18. They don't need to be playing that game. Right. You know, two, why are they, why are children in a house with an unlocked, with an unlocked weapon? Mm -hmm. Within reaching distance of the TV. Right. Like as their friends are over and they're playing video games. Like so what is your what is ten, your home life? <laughs> ten year old, eight year old, twelve year old. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. Crazy. Absolutely. Well, crazy. 
And it's also, I feel like, the parents who are all like, well, they were playing this violent video game. It had nothing to do with us and our parenting skills or anything like that. Yeah, nothing like shifting that blame, is it? Right. I'm not to blame. It's the video game companies. I'm not a shitty parent. It's the video game companies. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. That's what the the psychiatrists that they've been the near viewing are saying. Like, look, this game doesn't belong in the hands of a twelve year old. It's rated seventeen for a reason. And then, like this one, this one psychiatrist was like, the average age of a gamer is thirty four. So games like this are meant for people like that, the people who are over eighteen, who you know have the fully developed brains and so forth to be able to handle that kind of Mm -hmm. violence. Like, what what do you expect to happen? Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. You really want to know why that gun was sitting around? <laughs> I, I know. I, I see this. This uh, this someone put a comment at the bottom. Article should be called "Parents Leave Gun Out in the Open for Kid to Use." <laughs> right. <laughs> Has nothing to do with the video game they were playing. Yeah, that's what. You're like, oh, there was a loaded semi-automatic weapon lying on the floor. Nuts. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. Yeah. So. <laughs> Oh, I shouldn't laugh. That's not funny at all. Yeah, how dare you? I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's all I had. For As you sit there and giggle. <laughs> exactly. All right. That's all the news that's fit to cast. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, on to our indie game of the week. Oh, yeah, indie uh, game. Yeah. I was about that. Indie game uh, that I played this week is Lucidity, which is made by LucasArts. Is LucasArts an indie developer? No. The, I, I don't know why they have it classified as indie f- yeah, on Steam. They have Because they're them, crazy? They have them classified as indie. I know. I was really surprised, too. Anywho. It's, I guess, my pseudo-indie game of the week. Um, this uh, game is a lot like a combination of Tiny Bang Story, Loom, and The Path. If you guys played those games, it's a lot like the path in its visuals um, and sort of its general hauntingness, creepiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot like Tiny Bang because it's um, sort of puzzle driven in a different way than Tiny Bang. But um, and then it, uh, also similar to Loom in like the uh, the looks of it. The design is really uh, beautiful. It's sort of that like hand drawn look. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, there's good lights in it. Um, and it's just sort of eerie and pretty. Uh, the The music was so awesome. Not quite as good as the Bastion song, but uh, their <laughs> some of their music was great. I put a little video in here for you guys to listen to it if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> um. So what you do in this game is you like go around to these different worlds and you're trying to collect fireflies, and you it's kind of like Tetris in that you get like a piece. And then you have to place that on the board to help your person. It's a side-scrolling platformer to help your person, like, walk over an obstacle. So, for example, you have, like, this sideways log. And you can, if there's, like, a gap coming up in the ground, you put that log down so your person can walk over it. And then you have, like, stairs and you have, like, jumpy, springy shoes and so forth. So there's all these different things that you can do to help uh, your character collect as many fireflies as she can and get to the end of the level. It's really easy. It's also classified as a family game. Like it's not violent or anything. If you like hit one of their like obstacles, you just sort of like flash or start over. <laughs> like it's not, it's not violent at all. Um, but it's really Aww. pretty. I, yeah, I played it. Uh, like I said, I got it for, I, I saw a few videos 
about it before I played it. Um, and I wasn't going to buy it, but I got it as a, as a gift. And I'm really glad that I did, because I thought it just kind of looked like every other of these indie games that have been coming out lately. And I'm not really a big fan of, like, I don't know what it's called when the side-scrolling, like, moves on continuously without stopping. Do you know what I mean? Oh, without levels? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, like, where you don't move your character forward, the screen just moves forward for you. And your character moves forward at a continuous pace. Mm-hmm. So, like, I... Like, I'm not usually a huge fan of that. Like, Bit Trip Runner is the same way. Um, but I'm really glad that I played it. It was really fun, and it's, like, sort of calming and pretty. And so I think it's, like, 10 bucks. So it's a good good, good price. That sounds yeah, awesome. Looks, so there you go. Lucidity. Did you say it looks awesome? Yeah, it definitely does. Oh, I, yeah, it's pretty. It's very cool. Yeah. I don't know what that style is. I'll have to look that up. It's a particular style. So... Would I like this game without saying? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I think you'd be irritated with it. Really? Why? Um, it's not, there's not a lot of action. Like the nuance of like what you're supposed to be doing is sort of, like it's really easy to get through the level, but then it's sort of more challenging to try and go around and get all the fireflies. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't strike me as a game you'd like. Maybe you would. You can try mine. <laughs> Maybe you I'll... have to put it on a PC though, so you better order that new Alienware. Oh yeah, <laughs> school's not over. <laughs> You're trying to make sure I don't make it through the semester. I definitely don't want you to make it through the semester. Um. <laughs> yeah, I will not make it through the semester if I get a new computer. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm just sick of LucasArts. I wish they would just re-release Grim Fandango. Oh, that's how you're mad at them. I forgot about that. <laughs> I have it um, for PC. Um, but, you know, I actually can't find one of the discs. Because I had started this thing where every year I would replay it on the, the day, of, reinstall it and replay it on the Day of the Dead. <laughs> and then after P started walking, one of the discs disappeared. Uh. Oh. Yeah. So, I've been hurting. Hurting bad. So, you know, if anybody out there has a copy of Grim Fandango and wants to stop my pain, send it to me. <laughs> oh, that is so sad. When a that gamer is, is separated from their game. <laughs> That's one of your favorite all-time games, right? All-time favorites, yeah. I think it might be my all-time favorite game, period. Wow. Yeah. And you can't play it ever. That's, that's See, that's really sad. Yeah, it is. I've been waiting. Mm-hmm. They've re-released all the other, like the Sam and Max and the Monkey Islands, but not Grim Fandango. It's because they know you're looking for it. <laughs> and Grim Fandango, I think, was a better game than all of those. They're like, let's screw with Scam Blackman. That's yeah. exactly what they're doing. Sure. Exactly what they're doing. Damn them. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Alex Lane, for our non indie game of the week. <laughs> I know. That's what I thought, too. I was like, is that really indie? But um, I forgot to look it up on Wikipedia. I meant to. Oh, well. All right. On to our topic of the week. So, um, 
I'll start, I guess, talking about it a little bit. and You guys jump in and interrupt me whenever. Um, we decided that our topic of the week today, we were going to talk about retro games and, and this, this, kickstart, this Kickstarter um, phenomenon that's going on. Uh, one of the things that I've thought was really interesting is that um, for years, people have been saying that the genre of adventure games is dead. Right, and that after point after the like last big wave of point and click adventure games from Lucas Arts, and you know the last couple that didn't do so well, that adventure games were dead. So you know, um, big production, big production companies just stopped releasing or stopped funding adventure games, mm-hmm. um, which was which hurt my heart incredibly because I've always been a huge adventure game fan, especially point and click adventure games. Um, those were always near and dear to my heart. Um, now with the new Kickstarter phenomenon, when people are actually, developers are actually, or programmers are actually going online um, and getting funding from the gaming community to build their games, we see people like Tim Schafer and Double Fine and Jan Jensen and um, Pinkerton Road, I think is the name of her new company, um, coming out now. Um, and asking for money from the community to fund their adventure games. Um, and <clears throat> I think the one that everybody at this point knows about is Tim Schafer and Double Fine. So he asked for $400,000 um, so that he could fund his next point-and-click adventure game. Um, and it was going to be released, I think, on just like a Mac and PC um, and he said, oh, if I get any extra money, I'll I'll release it on iOS and Android and, you know, maybe a couple of other platforms. So he asked for $400,000. He got almost three and a half million, <laughs> which is absolutely astonishing. That's insane. It's mm-hmm. just insane. Absolutely astonishing. So people, once it was funded, just kept going and kept going and kept going and kept going because they, they you know, there were promises of things like, well, if you fund this, you'll not only, you're not only paying for your copy of the game up front, but you'll get access to kind of game development videos in high def. Not that everybody else is going to have, but you're going to get high def versions of them. Um, so that people feel like they're part of this community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely insane. But what I want to say also is that, I mean, his was completely funded in like, you know, basically two fucking seconds of posting it, right? Mm. Now, Jan Jensen, <clears throat> of course, uh, I'm sorry, I call her Jan. Her name is Jane. Jane Jensen at Pinkerton Road. Um, Jane Jensen uh, put her uh, Kickstarter project up um, and she's actually calling hers uh, I think a year of adventure games or something like that a year of adventure um, what she's promising is not just the, the the game that she's making currently but she's given an entire year of games so she um, she envisions that she'll have completed three games over the course of this year and you'll get all of these games in addition to other little perks, um, you know, music downloads, T-shirts, depending on your level of support, all of these different things. Hers has been up for almost two weeks, and she's like less than 50% funded. And all she wanted was $300,000, which I think is incredibly interesting. That Tim Schafer, who <laughs> seems to be <laughs> both of that's okay, both a bit of an ass, 
Um, and you know, just kind of, just kind of crazy. Um, would would get like literally what is it like two thousand percent of what he asked for initially, mm-hmm. uh, and she's still not fully funded. And it, she, uh, you know, her background includes the Gabriel Knight series. Um, and I played the Gabriel Knight games, um, and I've also played you know Day of the Tentacle and the other some of the other LucasArts games that that um, Schaefer made, and I really at this point in time I'd rather play a, a, a game like Gabriel Knight than a game like Day of the Tentacle, mm-hmm. which is which was my least favorite LucasArts game ever. And I'm wondering, you know, how much of that is because she's a woman? Yeah. Because those are, those videos that they show, about, she's developing games about female about female characters. Yeah. So damn it, women, go over there and give her some fucking money. Give her some money. Support her. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say those videos that they show on there. Um, I can't imagine helped her too much because it's seems like a those videos are like a popularity contest like a who's in who's in the circle who's out of the circle type of thing mm-hmm. like the videos where the developers ask for money you know mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. All. why do you say they don't help her well if you like look at them the ones that are getting funded Mm-hmm. All of the guys, all the developers in them, all look exactly the same. They have the same persona, the same attitude, the same type of stuff in the background, right? And so, yep. like, looking different than that uh-huh. is seems to, at least based on who's getting the money over there, seems to not be helpful at all. Right. Well, I mean, and, and like, her Kickstarter video is just all pastoral. She's sitting in a park. She's outside. She's answering questions. Um which I don't think there's anything wrong with, but, you know, she's not, you know, Tim Schafer with a rubber chicken on his head sitting inside what's clearly his, his development studio mm-hmm. um, and answering questions and talking about his project. Um, it's, you know, it's more, uh, it's more of the, I'm going to, I'm going to support something that is, you know, same verse, same, uh, for, what is it? Same verse, uh, verse, Second verse, same as the first. I'm sorry. It's what? Like, you know, the same, shut up. The same thing over and over again, right? So yeah. they're just, you know, it's like more of Tim Schafer, yeah. right? And not something that's possibly new. Right, exactly. Hmm. I really do wonder how much of that has to do with her being a female. Or even her, just like you were saying, Alex, kind of displaying feminine aspects in her videos more so. Like, how much does that not inspire us to want to give her money? But when I was watching it... Hmm? Or having... The thing is, or having female protagonists, because it's not like her games are that much different. She's not playing how to be a housewife in her games. You know, they're they're mystery games. There's murder, there's intrigue, there's mystery, there's science, there's all this stuff. They're just women Mm -hmm. doing these things. Because even one of the um, projects on here that I was watching um, that was like 2,000% over their pledged goal was like just not even something I would want to play at all. Yep. Like I didn't see any interest in it whatsoever. Like it looked very basic. The graphics weren't anything that like new or anything like that. But like you said, in the background in their video, like granted it was just two guys kind of at their house, but what they had was like their equipment behind them. Yeah, and right. So, yeah, it's definitely the same image over and over again. 
And it would be interesting to see if she posted something and an update, like more along those lines, and if it would were to increase her pledging at all. But well, it might be an interesting study to do too, to like look at to break down those videos and analyze them, and then look at who's getting the money based off of it, because like we don't have access to a lot of the information about where the money goes behind the scenes in the bigger companies. But this would be a really explicit way to look at, okay, you know, let's say there's five female game developers and 20 male game developers. What are the money, what's the funding that they're getting, you Mm -hmm. know, commensurate with what they're asking for. Right. Um, That seems like it would be a pretty easy thing to do. And then maybe ask questions about why that's happening, you know, Mm -hmm. or people just thinking that because the person's a woman that they're, the game isn't going to be as good? Is there something distinctly feminine about the game? Is it the setting? You know, like, what kind of stuff's happening that that could be responsible for that for that yeah. big of a difference in numbers? Wonder. Because even in the comments section, most of the people who are talking about the games and that they, like, support her or that they remember her games from when they were younger were yeah. are men, surprisingly, actually. Right. <laughs> But they're not even necessarily, um, they're like the same people over and over again. So yeah. obviously it's not really like a huge varied audience either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I also find it interesting is that I, I wonder, I'm wondering about a number of different things. Like for a lot of the male, the, the, I won't call them male Kickstarter projects, but Kickstarter projects that are headed by men, um, you'll find that um, they'll have stuff like, I'll come to your office and have lunch with you and talk to you about this if you give me $10,000. And then they'll have, like, 50 people yeah. that will give $10,000. Yeah. Like, she got, she's so far gotten to hundred about $149,000, and it's taken her 2,000 backers to get there. Yeah. So these are all small backers, like, that are given, like, like 606 people gave the minimum of $16. Um and, you know, other than that, you know, when you get to the large backers, you got one person has given $10,000 or more. And right. that's so they, they, they that get fun? to have lunch with. Whereas, like I said, with the men, you get these huge numbers of people. It's like, oh, well, clearly we want to bring this person to, you know, to to our studio. Or we want to bring this person to our, you know, university. Or we want to bring this, what, whoever is making these donations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's she's not getting that kind, of, and I mean that's insane. If I had ten grand, I would give it in a well. If I had ten grand, if I had ten grand to give for give for this kind of thing, I would give it in a heartbeat to bring someone like Jane Jansen just in the campus to talk to to talk to our students about game development mm-hmm. and about right. issues about issues and being a woman in the industry, right? right. <coughs> Somebody at Purdue give her ten thousand dollars and bring her so we can talk to her. <laughs> Alumni. <laughs> I'm on it. But that's the other thing too, though, is the the, the double fine project. Um, they had in their pledges of ten thousand dollars or more; those were maxed out. And then he had a link to their website because there were some that were above and beyond the ten thousand dollars or more. Like yeah. that was literally the cap, so you had to go to their website to see the rewards for doing something more. So obviously, yeah. they had, there's a demand for it, but she only right. has one backer on her ten thousand dollars or more. So. Right. I mean, crazy. yeah, they sold they sold out of all of their big their big pledges, right? Yeah. So starting at a thousand dollars, there was a maximum of a hundred backers. They sold out. Five thousand dollars or more, there was a maximum of ten backers. They sold out. Ten thousand dollars or more, there was a maximum of four backers. They sold out, and then 
above and beyond. They right. had people giving more. And, they, and, you know, you have to, yeah, that's crazy. It's completely bizarre. That just blows my mind that it's just so explicit. Yeah. Yeah. I really do wonder exactly what it is. I mean, obviously we're talking about it, but I really do. I'm very curious to see, like, if she were to change anything or make it confine or conform more to what the men are doing, if it would be. Because she is. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Just grow a penis. (laughs) But she's. I'm sorry, I'm a little bitter. (laughs) She seems to be more like. I don't even know. But it, it is different. The way that she's presenting all of it is different. But she's she's giving more content. Like, she's giving more to you for backing the project. Or the mm-hmm. project even is giving more to you in general. So, it's just exactly it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And getting, I, and getting less backing. Yeah. I read this, uh, someone sent me this uh, story about this um, this uh, let's see, woman who was a like particle physicist or some sort of physicist, like really famous, and she got um, she uh, got a sex change. So then she fully transitioned into um, being a male, right? Mm-hmm. And then so he was giving a speech like at a thing, and he was walking, he was like leaving, and he overheard someone say. Oh, that that speech was so great. His work is so much more interesting than his sister's. Oh, <gasps> no. Yeah. Nice. So it was obviously someone who didn't know that he had transitioned. Um, and, yeah, he, he wrote a thing about it, about all the implicit bias against women, and especially in technical fields, and how you, until something like that happens, like this extraordinary situation, it can't even come to light most often, you know, because they just feel like the woman's work is not as good as the man, even though it's the exact same person talking about exactly. the exact same stuff. You know, at, so what point, at what point can you say, I am my fucking sister? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh. So. Wow. That's brutal. Mm-hmm. That makes you want to kill somebody. I know. I know, it's really interesting because I was having some issues with like or we're talking about like expert gender expertise and like or not gender expertise technology expertise like based on genders and how some people are seen as like the de facto expert and some people have to really go above and beyond to prove that they're knowledgeable and someone sent me that story i thought that was really that doesn't happen anymore i know right we've (laughs) solved that whole we've solved that whole sexism thing right that happens no more you're kidding me right your butt didn't get grabbed in your office yesterday, so obviously that stuff doesn't exist. Right. Yes. You're just making it up. Mm. Well, you did touch my shoulder, Samantha. <laughs> yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Shoulder touching. <laughs> More like a I'll, poke. I was going to say, I did not touch <laughs> your shoulder. A shoulder poke. <laughs> I know you just did it to drive me crazy. That's yeah, I would say it's a little neurotic about being touched. That's very true. Oh my gosh. I don't know if this is really all that applicable, but when I first started uh, watching Mad Men, I was just horrified at the way the women were treated in the show. Yeah. And that, that that was something that we had to come out of. Like, that was something that had to be... That was something that we had to be... Um, like, we had to be make awareness about that that was bad. 
to treat women that way. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, like I am so glad I live in the time I do now because I don't know what I would do if I lived then. I know. But I imagine I would have accepted it because it was the norm. Maybe. Well, oh. I mean, I would hope that I wouldn't have, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a different uh, perspective. Right. Like our Spanish teacher today was saying that his favorite thing to do is watch old cartoons because they're so racist. So, like, he watches, like, oh, the yeah. Speedy Gonzaleses and stuff like that. Oh. And he's like, I just think it's so, you know, he's like, people get so mad about it. But really, it's just completely fascinating how society thought so differently about the things, about how things can get sh- de- depicted. And then when you have a, what did he say? Like, when you, and then you have something like Rio, because he's from Brazil. He's like, when you have a cartoon like Rio that is pretty explicitly racist, too, like, you wonder, like, have we really come all that far, right? Or is it just a different kind of racism? Yeah, or cars, it... or all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy shit that is just horrible and racist. Mm-hmm. Right? The, you know, reason I won't let my kid watch uh, Disney. Right. It's because that shit's just nuts. It is. It, it, when you look at it as an adult, it... And with a critical eye, it's just completely... Well, for some people. Baffling. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I say, some with people. a critical eye. With a critical yeah. eye. But, you know, some people some people totally and completely just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't understand that, but, you know, that's me. <laughs> I'm always getting in trouble for stuff like that, so I'm going to shut up. <laughs> Please, first of all, this is your freaking podcast, so you will not shut up on your podcast, okay? There's one place in time to talk about it. It is now and here. So suck it up. So suck it up. Okay. I'm sorry. You should be. I don't accept your apology. Nutbag. So we should keep an eye on that Kickstart stuff, I think. Might be yeah, interesting I think to revisit. definitely. Yeah. And like I said, I, I was going to, when I first found Jane Jensen's Kickstarter page, I was going to um, go ahead and um, and and back it, um, but I couldn't find my wallet, so <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> Do you think I that's have, everyone else's problem as well? They just can't They couldn't find their wallet. Well, I have since found my wallet, and when we're done podcasting, I am going to go ahead. I have still have the page open on my computer, so I don't forget, and I'm going to back her because I'm going to be really pissed off if it if it doesn't um, make the if it doesn't make the goal. Because if you don't make the goal on Kickstarter, you don't get any of the money. Right. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way it works. You know what else is interesting? I just I just looked at this, but on her profile it says project by Jane Jensen. It mm-hmm. says that she's backed two different projects. Mm-hmm. And as far as I could tell, I don't think or what I remember looking at with the double fights profile, they didn't back anything, did they? Like any of their own projects, I don't think so. Yeah. So she's actually actively contributing to this place as well. And people won't give it back to her. Well, now I just want to punch somebody. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Don't punch your dog. That's bad. <laughs> no, they left. They were sad because I was hushing them. Oh. So they were mad at you. Yeah, they got mad at me. Angry. Yep. yep. All right. That was fun. That was fun. That was a good issue. We'll definitely have to come back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Just do an update. 
Should we do these deals for broke-ass gamers here? Does someone else want to do them, or should I do them? Deals for broke-ass gamers? I'm tired of talking. Your turn. Really? I thought <laughs> I'm tired of talking. All right. Oh. I even need more pizza to grease up my throat. Okay. So, oh, my God. Deals for... <laughs> <laughs> I- I'm, I'm alone this weekend, so I- all I'm going to be doing is eating pizza. Pizza. Um, oh, also playing Civilization with my mom tomorrow night, because I'm awesome, and that's what I do on Friday nights. Okay. All right. Here we go. Steam. War game European escalation forty percent off, which makes it twenty three ninety nine. That's the weekend deal. Uh, Nuclear Dawn is sixty six percent off, which makes it six seventy nine. That's the daily deal. So hit that up quick if you want that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch of indie games that are twenty percent off. A few, uh, a few good looking ones actually that I might go back and and get. There's also I don't know I wrote India instead of indie twice on this. What is wrong with this? a lot? <laughs> um, indie Adventure Pack, uh, which is Tiny Bang, Jolly Rover, Gemini Rule, Machinarium. And Loom for 40 bucks. The weird thing is, is I don't think that's a discount on anything. I don't think that's a discount either. They just put think... them all together. Yeah, they just packed it up. So what the hell is the point of yeah, that? Yeah, because that's like five games. And I'm thinking that we paid, you know, between five and seven bucks for most of those games when we bought them. Yeah, I think Tiny Bang's the most expensive at ten. And I looked and they, it was still ten. Uh, like in the pack. So I don't know. Wow. They said they said it was an adventure pack. They didn't say it was a deal. Right, exactly. So I don't know what who they're trying to trick. They're like, oh, it's like the Humble Bundle, but not. Yeah. Uh, then Might and Magic Heroes 6 is 50% off, which makes it 25 bucks. So it's a pretty good deal. Uh, good Old Games, uh, Legend of Grimrock is thirteen forty nine. I believe that's 10% off, but they don't say it on there. And then Botanicula, Botanicula, I don't know, I've never heard of it, uh, is eight ninety nine on there as well. Um, and then Toys R Us has, quote, hundreds of games at buy one, get one half off. They looked crappy, but. You know, they do that a lot. It's and all and I think I think it's all a scam. <coughs> Excuse me. Because even when you go online or when you go into the store, they're buy one half off, buy one, get one half off. And they don't have two fucking decent games in the store. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the $5 movie bin at Walmart. Like, you know, they're $5 and in that bin for a reason. Yeah. They're crap. They don't put like the new Harry Potter in there, right? So, right. oh man, they should. I don't want I that. Read. <laughs> That's funny though, too, because like at a GameStop, we do the when you sign up or when you renew your pro card, you get a buy two get one coupon yeah. for used game and accessories. And people are always coming in and they're like, So if I buy two used PlayStations, will I get the third one free? And I'm like, <laughs> Hey, you do what you want with your money. <laughs> I'm not sure if the deal will apply, but good luck. Good luck. That's funny. Because people aren't interested in the games. Like, they totally aren't. They want the systems. <laughs> they want a system for free. They'll buy two <laughs> just to get that one free. Hey, nice. people like free stuff, yo. Yeah, exactly. Everybody likes free stuff. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. Well, we made through an episode where... One person was sick, one person's getting sick, and one person's super tired. Woohoo! Yeah! Yay. Yay. Is, there, is there a life achievement thing that just popped up? Yeah. On the <laughs> achievement <laughs> unlocked. Unlocked. Being sick and podcasting. <laughs> I think I'm starting. Maybe I was hanging out with you guys too much today as I start coughing. I told you, no, I felt fine until a couple hours ago, and it just punched me in the face. Yep. That was me yesterday. I started sneezing, and it was all over. All oh over. Nicole, I blame you for everything. 
All right. I, I will take this blame because I believe it is my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I, bar- I barely even saw you today, though. I know, like two seconds. Yeah. Mm. Oh. I did. I stood next to her for a long time. <laughs> I know, and I stood next to you, so that's probably what happened. That's what it is. It's kind of like an outbreak. Yep, exactly. I love that movie. Oh, <laughs> and I'm the source? I'm the source of it? You're the monkey. Oh, man, that's oh. great. That's... <laughs> Did you say oh or aw? Oh. I went oh. oh. <laughs> that's all right. I can deal with it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, so uh, look out for kind of all kinds of interesting things going on on the Not Your Mama's Gamer uh, blog. Um, there may be a surprise. Uh, check it out. Um, you have to go there anyway to check out all the great new posts from this week as well as to uh, if you have not subscribed to us through iTunes to check out, download the latest edition of the podcast. Uh, but until then, um, <clears throat> you'll have our usual spiel. If you want to contact us, tell us we're wrong, ask us a question, tell us how wonderful we are, feel free to email us at nymgamer at gmail.com. Um, or you can uh, you can leave us uh, a message on Facebook. Uh, just look us up at Not Your Mama's Gamer. Uh, or if you are interested in seeing what we have to say all day, every day, at any moment, make sure you follow us on Twitter at at NYM Gamer. Um, or as I've said before, check out the blog to see what kinds of wonderful, witty things, interesting things, intelligent things we come up with um, during the time when you're not listening to our melodic voices uh, on the podcast <laughs> at nymgamer.com. Uh-huh. Um, as always, buy a t-shirt. Uh, we still have large, extra large, and 2X left. Um, 15 bucks. Uh, and uh, if you want me to ship it to you, three bucks. Um, they're extra fine t shirts, nice black cotton t shirts with a hot pink logo. Otherwise, I'm gonna start wearing Night Mama's Gamer t shirts every day. Mm. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so check that out, and if you go to the site, you can see the lovely Alex Lane modeling said t-shirt. Uh, she forced me to do that. I forced her to do it, and just because I forced her to do it, you can get me back by buying a t-shirt um, <laughs> and taking away one of the t-shirts that I would have to wear every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so punish me, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And horribly till, out of control. Yeah. Horribly, horribly. Uh, until then, <clears throat> uh, enjoy the uh, remainder of your semester, because semester should be just about over by the time we record next time. Yep, that's yep. right. It'll be during finals week. Yep. yep. Enjoy the remainder of your semester. Study hard. No cheating. Get some rest. Drink lots of caffeine. And most importantly, game on. Game on. Game on.
what a 